Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Zion this morning as we come together to celebrate uh, this, the time after Pentecost, uh, lectionary number 25. Uh, it's good to be with you. I'm Pastor Jim Budke, and if you don't recognize me, you're lucky for you. you didn't, I'm, I'm not stuck in your mind. But if, if you do, I was here, I guess, two years ago. Two years ago. And it's good to be back with you. I was telling uh, your secretary and the organist that uh, I remember the church being on the other side of the road. But because of the detour, I came in this way last time. And this time I came in uh, this way. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. <laughs> but it's, it is good to be with you. I'm Pastor Jim Budke, like I said, and I'm from uh, St. Mark's Lutheran Church up in Bowling Green. I'm the visitation pastor there. Uh, I retired in 2006, and uh, they haven't let their grasp uh, go of me, so I'm still filling in. Although, now, now I have cut back to, I only go on the road once a month. So, uh, it's good to be with you today. Um, I'm married, I live in Pemberville, Ohio, have two daughters, two sons, and more importantly, I have five grandchildren. <laughs> a granddaughter, and then she was followed by four grandsons. So it's uh, good to be with you today and to share in God's words. Uh, do we have any announcements other than who I am today? Yes. I have a few announcements about the upcoming garage sale and our free lunch. Um, we have a lot of workers signed up for the garage sale. I think we have enough for that. I'm still in need of about two more people to work in the kitchen. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated if you can consider just giving even a, a couple hours of your time. And then I have requests from people or questions when to bring things. Items for the garage sale. There will be people here in the church on Monday morning on Thursday morning and we'll be here on Friday morning and Friday morning is when we'll be setting up the table so you still have time if you haven't cleaned out your closets or you've got some boxes of things to bring those uh, then people that are donating cookies and brownies there again will be here Friday morning and they can come in then Saturday the morning of the free lunch too we'll be here at 8 o'clock um, I think everything looks good. I hope the weather holds good, so I hope we have a good turnout. Uh, we put bulletin inserts in the, in the two churches in town, the Methodist Church and the Congregational Church, advertising this. So, and there is, um, the Congregational Church is, ha is serving lunch that day also, but they're, they're charging for those, so there's, that's fine. So I hope uh, between the two of us we can cover all the people in town and the people that come to visit. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead, Jen, and say something about choir, if that's all right. Uh, we just want to get together some singers to have some special music for um, Harvest Home. So we will do like we usually do. We'll practice after church with the organist after church. And uh, the practices will be on um, October 2nd and October 9th, so it's something familiar, I think, that we've sung before. 
So with two practices, we can do it, and then we can run through it on the day of harvest home. So that's, that's all I had. And Thank you very much for those announcements. Just one other thing I'd like to mention, and that is uh, congratulations on your new pastor-to-be who will be ordained uh, a late, no, next month, correct? And uh, congratulations on that. Uh, a friend of mine was with you to, uh, last week, uh, Mary Satterfield, and uh, I don't know if she said anything about me, but she has let me preach in her congregation, so <laughs> I guess that's a, a good sign. Are there any other announcements? Yes. I have a prayer request. A young man in our in town um, was just diagnosed with CML, a form of leukemia. So he'll be starting to Okay. Alan Terrell. Alan. Okay. Any others? If not, uh, let us stand and prepare ourselves for worship today. We worship together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. At this time, and I invite you to be seated, and we'll continue with the prelude. Thank you. You adapt well. <laughs> now let us stand and join together in our confession for today. 
most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and not free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and duty by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our enemies as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister, I declare to those who believe in Jesus Christ that he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows upon them the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us join together in our gathering hymn, Son of God, Eternal Savior.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. pray. God among us, we gather in the name of your Son to learn love for one another. Keep our feet from evil paths, turn our minds to your wisdom, and our hearts to the grace revealed in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated for the reading of our lessons for today. First reading is from Amos. 
Hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, When will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath so that we may offer wheat for sale? We will make the ephah small and the shekel great, and practice deceit with false balances, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, and selling the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. The word of the Lord. Today's psalm is 113. We'll read responsively. Hallelujah. Give praise, you servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. From the rising of the sun to its going down, let the name of the Lord be praised. Glory is high above all nations, God's glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who sits enthroned on high? The Lord takes up the weak out of the dust and lifts up the poor from the ashes. The Lord makes a woman of a childless house to be joyful mother of children. Hallelujah. The second reading is from 1 Timothy. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed, a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke. Let me preface this gospel reading with a, a little word. Uh, I wasn't aware what lectionary series you were on, and I chose the wrong one for today. So we're not reading the one from, uh, that's listed in your bulletin. We're reading from Luke uh, another uh, parable. Now Jesus looked at the 70 and sent them out, saying to them, Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, 
your peace will rest upon that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking, whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus, the risen Christ. <clears throat> I don't know how old everyone is here. I'm sure you're not as old as I am. So some of you will have to put in this in your imagination because this happened a number of years ago. If you think back to a number of years ago, there was a man with a soothing, melodious voice who came on television advertising his company. He, and he was extending a welcome to each of us to come and stay at his lodging in that motel chain. It was Motel 6. Do you remember Tom Bodet? This name sounds familiar, doesn't it? And Tom Bonnet, Baudet had a folksy commercial on the radio and on television to make it sound like a friend was talking to you. A friend who has prepared a room for us and will go to the, any extent to make sure that our stay in that motel is a comfortable one. Listening to Tom, we come to understand that Motel 6 isn't one of those big, fancy chain, to, chain uh, motels or hotels. And he re re refers to that in how he says his motel is. He says that I don't overcharge, I just give you the basics. He tells us the rates are posted on every Motel 6 lobby so that we know that we are being charged a fair price. Early on, Tom Baudet became kind of a friend to all of us who traveled. We knew that if we went to his hotel, we would get a clean room and the bare necessities for an affordable price. And it didn't matter if we wanted to have a television, we were willing to pay a little extra, or to sleep in a twin bed, pay a little extra, or even to bring along an extra guest. We were willing to do that. For at Motel 6 prices, we could do without luxury because we were staying at a friend's place. Who can forget that last line that Tom Baudet said at every commercial. We'll leave the light on for you. You're right. Yep. Isn't that what we do when we're expecting out of town people coming? A lot of times we'll flip on that outdoor porch light so that they have an idea of which house it will be. You're out of luck if all of them are lit at the same time, but uh, you get the idea. If one is just lit, more than likely that's the place you're looking for. As the expectations of traveling America grew, Motel 6 
stretched its hospitality. Just getting a cheap room wasn't enough for some people, so Motel 6 added some amenities to make it homier. Kids could stay for free. You could bring pets along, and your room doesn't have to smell like old smoke. You can go into rooms that no smoking is allowed. Not, does, not only does Tom leave the light on for you, though, now he would even put a pot of coffee on for you so that when you wake up in the morning, you have something to get. Now, that's mighty neighborly, isn't it? Well, this isn't a commercial for Motel 6. I don't have stock in the company, and I don't even know if they're still out there as much as they used to be. But it is a commercial for hospitality. Following Jesus Christ, we need to be aware that we how we should extend hospitality. And Tom Bodette is a good example. He's a good teacher. Of course, hospitality can be a risky endeavor. And like all public lodging places, Motel 6 occasionally had guests who abused the amenities that the establishment provided. Hospitality can be a risky also for us in our homes. As anyone who has ever opened his or her home to guests knows, hospitality can lead to enduring mutual friendships, benefiting both host and guest, or we can get a guest who takes advantage of our gracious will, and we kind of dread having invited them in. Of course, another risk of being hospitable is a dangerous guest, and unfortunately, fear and harm, and even simple prudence may prevent us from opening our doors to some. And one of the more, one more risk we might take as being hospitable is that our hospitality might be turned down, rejected. Yet overall, hospitality is a virtue. The way that we treat a neighbor or even a stranger shows a lot about our character. Jesus knew the importance of hospitality. He knew it played an important role in preaching of his kingdom and the message of him coming. So when Jesus sent out those 70 followers to prepare people for his coming, they did that. And they listened to his instructions how to receive hospitality. He taught that those who labor for the Lord deserve to be paid for their work. He told them to graciously accept what people offered them without thought of compensation. They were to stay in one house the entire time, and they were in a, when they were in a particular town or area, and not go from place to place. In return, they would bless those people by their healing of the sick and letting these hospitable hosts know that the kingdom of God was close to them. But given the urgency, the urgency of the mission of the 70, 
when they encountered places that, they were, in, that were inhospitable, where no welcome was extended, they were not to press the issue, but move on spreading the message to the, of the kingdom of God to nearby people and towns. To the hospitable strangers, this message was a message of hope and salvation. To those who did not extend the warmth and friendship of a gracious host, the same message was a judgment upon them. We said hospitality is a virtue, but let's take it a step further. Hospitality is especially a Christian virtue, and that's because it gives us the opportunity to give of ourselves to love our neighbor. I'd like to tell you a little story, if that's okay. Okay, okay. Well, I'd like to tell you a story about someone you probably maybe haven't even heard of, Alice. <laughs> President Ronald Reagan. You, do you remember him? No, no, okay. Well, many of you do, and I'm, I, I'm not showing that I'm too old that I remember him as well. But Ronald Reagan's, one of his greatest and strongest characteristics was the way he had of making people feel welcome. And Peggy Newman, Newman, or Noonan, was a speechwriter for President Reagan. And she tells a story about him. And she says she believes this story captures the personality of the former president better than any other she could tell. And it involved an 83-year-old woman by the name of Frances Green, who was from San Francisco. She had survived on her one small Social Security check from month to month. And though she was, had very little money to spare, each year, for eight years, she sent one dollar to the National Republican Con Convention, or committee, I mean. And one day, as she was going through a mail, she received an invitation. And she opened it and saw that it was from the Republican National Committee, inviting her to attend a White House dinner to meet President Reagan. She didn't notice the small RSVP that encouraged her to send a big generous gift along with her response. But excited, she thought, I'm going to go. She scraped together every last cent she had and took a four-day train ride across America. To save money, she slept sitting up each night in a standard seat. And when Francis finally arrived at the White House, the guard at the gate looked over the list and then looked over a second time and said, I can't find your name on the list of guests. And he told her that he couldn't let her in. It happened, though, however, that an executive from Ford Motor Company was right behind her and heard everything that was going on in their conversation. Realizing something wrong, was wrong, he called her aside and listened to her story. He asked her, would you be willing 
Francis to come back tomorrow at 9 o'clock? And she agreed. In the meantime, the executive got in touch with the presidential aide who arranged a personal White House tour for Mrs. Green. There was even a possibility of her getting to shake hands with President Reagan, if all went well. Well, unfortunately, the next day when she came, everything went well until she found out that he might not be able to meet with her. President Reagan was having one of the worst days of his presidency. Attorney General Ed Meese had resigned that morning, and there was a military uprising occurring overseas. And during his, her tour, the aide told her that due to the day's events, meeting the president was out of the question. But if she was lucky, she might look down the hallway and see him passing from one room to another. When she looked down the hallway, President Reagan did come out of one room, and he was leaving his Joint Chiefs of Staff meeting. And he saw Francis Green, who he'd been told about. He smiled at her and said, Francis, come here. And she went over to him and he says, you know, those darn computers, they always goof things up, don't they? She agreed with him, and he said, well, mine goofed it up, and, or I would have been here to greet you personally. And he said, why don't we take a second and go into this room over here? They said afterwards, he was probably being way too hospitable. He didn't have the time or the energy. But according to Noonan, Reagan gave Francis Green something more important than his time. She, he gave her himself. Hospitality is like that. He sat with her for a, a while, talking about California, talking about her family, talking about her situation in life, and then he excused himself. Hospitality doesn't always have to mean driving to where the homeless are, sleeping. It doesn't mean we have to go on to sidewalks or take people into our homes to provide them a place to sleep for the night. But it could mean involving ourselves in programs that help people like that. President Reagan showed that in his dealing with Francis Green. We can do the same by encouraging the people of our church as a congregation to get involved in programs and projects that extend that kind of hospitality to those who are in need and who need it profoundly. Hospitality can be a personal endeavor as well. Maybe you know of someone, an individual or maybe a whole family right on your own street, in your own neighborhood, is going, who is going through tough times. Christian hospitality might be something as simple as going over and saying, hello, how are you? And giving them a listening ear. Or maybe delivering a fresh loaf of bread or a pie and letting those people know that they care to us 
for we are delivering not only ourselves, but the love of Jesus Christ. Maybe it is a caregiver who needs a spare moment to get away and go to the store and recharge their batteries after their care for a loved one 24 hours a day. Or maybe it's a single parent who can't afford to pay for someone to watch the child. So we offer to babysit. There are any number of ways that we can reach out. And I think Christ is telling us that to show hospitality, you don't have to do it in one way or another. A smile, a pat on the back, or even maybe a little later when we share the peace. To do it genuinely and to mean it when we say, peace be with you. Always keep in mind that when we give of ourselves, we also are truly giving Jesus Christ. Learn the art of gracious, being a gracious host. And Jesus will always keep his light on for you. Just like Bodet does for us with Motel 6. So, keep the light of Jesus shining in your heart, in your life, and in your actions. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks that you watch over us constantly, and you call us to do your will. Help us so that we allow our light to shine constantly, so that people around us might know that we are your children, being hospitable to those around us, because you have taught us well. Help us so that we can show that power in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. <clears throat> Let us continue on with our hymn of the day. And a note that this is a new hymn. <laughs> I've been warned. This is a new hymn by Bonhoeffer. And uh, the organist said she thought you could, you could pull this off. So don't rely upon me leading you because <laughs> then you definitely can't pull it off. But I will share with you and we will see how it comes out, okay? Do you stand for the hymn? Stay, remain seated then.
thank you for that new song. I think it was getting easier by the fifth verse. <laughs> Maybe a couple more times. <laughs> but we won't do that today. Uh, let us continue our service with the confession of the creed. Let us stand. We join together in the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. Rejoicing in Christ's salvation offered to all. Let us call upon God our Father for ourselves and all people. <clears throat> kind Father, your Son declared to us that we cannot serve you and also be devoted to money. Free all your baptized children from the obsession with goods of this world, that they may set their hearts on the joys of the kingdom and the inheritance that never f fades. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Almighty God, you entrust your people the abundant wealth of Jesus Christ's salvation in your word and sacrament. Bless pastors that they might be faithful stewards of your mysteries and grant that all your people would make proper use of your means of grace and rejoice in your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. God, our Savior, uphold Joseph, our President, Richard, Michael, our Governor, and all whom you have placed in high position with wisdom and mercy that they may lead peaceable and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Heavenly Father, be with the sick and those who suffer, those troubled in mind, those grieving in their sorrows, and the dying in their last hours. Grant them the comfort of your presence, relief according to your will, and peace in their hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, your Son gave himself as a ransom for all, and now gives himself to us, that we might have life and salvation. 
Give us unity and faith and hearts eager for mercy as we receive his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty Father, you desire all to be saved. Remember your foes who forget your word and call them to repentance and faith that they also may rejoice in your righteousness and salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We give thanks to you, O Lord, for you have forgiven our debt of sin for the sake of Jesus. Preserve us in his grace and life until the day when you gather us to be among the saints in glory around your throne through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share that peace. pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give these gifts and return them to you, ever mindful of the gifts that you have given to us and your Son. Help us to use these gifts in spreading your word of love and concern to all the world around us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Let us give thanks unto the Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night in which he is betrayed, took the bread, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, for this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after the meal, he took the cup. And when he had supped and when he had given thanks, he gave it for all of them to drink, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is given for you and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as oft you drink it in remembrance of me. We join together in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we do forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Come. For now, the meal is prepared. Please be seated.
Let us stand for our closing. May the body of our Lord Jesus Christ and his precious blood strengthen you and preserve you unto eternal life. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. O Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks that you have refreshed these, your people, with this salutary gift. And we beseech you of your infinite mercy to strengthen them through the same gift. In faith towards you, in love toward all mankind, in patience under trials, and always in the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, who is our Lord and our Savior. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us join together in our closing hymn. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.